Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Music Seeds, the music that made us. This is your host, Johnny. I am very excited to let you know that this is an entire music episode. Yes, we just discussed music in this episode. This is one of the episodes that I've been trying to get out to you that has taken me a while, but is finally here. I've gotten my good friends Jeremy McCree and Jack Miller together. We discuss some of our favorite live music, and we also go down a rabbit hole of our Sam Goody days, streaming, talking about Rage Against the Machine, Pearl Jam, and the great vocalist Mike Patton. I hope you enjoy this. This will be one of many music episodes to come. If you'd like to reach out to me and uh, do a recording, please listen after this conversation, and I will have all those links for you. Again, thanks for listening, and here we go. Welcome to Music Seeds, the music that made us. I am very excited to have with me today two of my really good friends. We've known each other for over 20 years, 25 years. At least. Pushing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're actually at Mr. Jeremy McCree's house. And I'm um, talking with also Mr. Jack Miller here. We have, like I said, I've known each other for 25 years. We first met first, that me and Jack did, because I worked for your wife for Musicland when I first moved to Colorado in 1994. It was at Southwest so was, Plaza. Right, that's when she was running both stores in the mall, and that's the year we got married. Wow, it was the year we got married, too? Crazy. <laughs> Time flies. It does. Tempest Fugit. I knew your wife first before I knew you. True. And then I eventually I met you through your wife, but then I also met you through the company. Eventually I moved up into management, and we did a lot of things together for a long time. And True. Then Mr. McCree worked for you first? Yeah, no, actually, that's not true. Jeremy. That's um, right. Jeremy, Jeremy applied gets... with me, and I actually had an, I had Rance um, apply at the same time. So I had two great, two great candidates that I had one position for, and ultimately I went with Rance. But uh, one of the other stores uh, needed someone, and I, they they reached out to me. I said, "Look, I got this great guy. I had I wanted to I wanted to hire." No, it was true. Dave asked. This was Dave called me and said, you have any good applicants? I said, I got this great applicant. I said, someone who was a little bit more experienced, but he was a great, uh, great applicant. You should, you should interview this guy. And he wound up getting the job with one of our other stores. Wow. And then we eventually wound up working together, you know, which was great because, you know, look, look where we are now. We're, yeah. we're all, all, all three of us are very close, so it's yeah. very good. We worked well, that was, a long time. That was the thing about... Years. Was that? Oh, it has been 25 years. I was trying yeah. to figure out the math. Yeah, because yeah, I met you in 96, started working for you in early 97. So yeah, 25 years. I've known you since 2001, because that's when I came to work for you. Or actually, yeah, yeah 2000, it was actually 2002, because I was still in Breckenridge in 2001. And then I, we closed it, and then I came down in 2002. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I know we talked, we dialed a little bit in, Probably, in, our yeah. conver- in our conversation. We didn't dive into it as much in our Zoom conversation that we had. True. So this is something I've been trying to do since I've been here end of October, is to get all three of us together. There's a lot of music knowledge in this room, folks. Like, that's for sure. A lot of shared, <laughs> a lot of shared memories, a lot of shared knowledge. And yeah. Just the fact, I mean... The word audiophile gets kicked around, right? And 
I feel that I, 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 I'm sincere about that about myself because all three of us, I would call audiophiles because not only do we like music, we like all sorts of music. We're not pigeonholed. We're not. I mean, I. If you hold a gun to my head, I can tell you my favorite types of music. But I listen to everything from classical to rap to country to metal to jazz. Yeah. You know? um, a love of music is a love of music, not a genre. Yeah. And I believe you 100. percent And you are the same way too, Jeremy. And that's. But when we hear it from other people that are not haven't been in the same field as us and maybe not have the love of music like we have. I when somebody says, Oh, I listen to everything, I'm like, I'll I'll call you out. I will call you out. I'm like, okay, tell me this genre and this genre. And if you can do that, I'm like, right on. You know, it's a really cool thing when somebody can really tell you like, yeah, I, I can put something on at random as far as my playlist, which has all different kinds of music, and be happy with that, you know, playing in the background. True. Know? So I know that we lived this is going to be an episode at some point. Maybe we can go down this rabbit hole. That we lived, in my opinion, people will say like either the 60s or 70s and even 80s for that matter. But I think we lived, the 90s were one of these decades of music where we had so much just thrown at us. And at mass quantities for that matter too. Every genre had like tons of artists coming out. And we had a lot of different eclectic tastes as far as, you know, our catalog and our stores where we could take from and listen to. And we actually spent the time to listen to that. Like you're saying, you know, we listen to different things because we had the access to do that before, you know, folks understand that, you know, we were lucky enough work in a place where we could listen to everything because you didn't have that option on radio. But we you didn't were, have, you we didn't have we were exposed to it. We, yeah. were, we got exposed to those things. Well, that happened even when I first started in the, the mid 80s when I started working within the record company. Um, Tears for Fears and Depeche Mode were just beginning to become um, mainstream. You know, back then, you know, the, yeah. the advent of alternative music, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Exactly. And I didn't know a lot about that. I, I was a radio kid growing up. I listened to what was on the radio. And then I started getting exposed to these different artists. And Run DMC put out Raising Hell that scene, or like a year later. And that you talk about a, a genre-changing thing right there, a melding of things. You know, and then along came things like Anthrax and Public, Public Enemy. Enemy. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, you're right. We were in a very lucky time. But you can say, I said, everybody says that, I think, about their generation. And it's frustrating when people say, well, there's no good music today. Back when my day, you know, there's no good new music. Well, The Who and Led Zeppelin were new at one point, too. <laughs> you, can't, you can't discount these newer artists that are coming along. You have to take the time to look and you know, search out good music. So I, what do you think, you know, Jeremy? I was thinking about you're right in the we had the ability to have reps come in and I didn't I mean I grew up on radio, but I grew up with my parents' tastes, right? My grandparents' tastes. I think tastes. we all did that, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. but like I didn't like I didn't actively go out and seek music until I started working in a record store. We had music just given to us, handed to us on a silver platter, right? Yeah. And then yeah. it was our it was our job to to listen to it, right? We got paid to listen to it. So going out there and exploring, uh, going out there and exploring and uh, and listening to new things and discovering new things was like part of our daily life, right? And then I think about just listening to you guys right now and talk about it. And in my in this day and age, I have the world of music at my fingertips, right? With whatever apps that we're whatever apps we're using, you know, I use Spotify. 
I listen Amazon to the music. Apple. Yeah, see, I mean, but so yeah, see, yeah, we all use different, we all use different things. But I like I listen today to the same fifty artists, right? Like I I can't uh, get past that thinking that I have become my parent in the aspect that I don't like anything new. Because to to your point, I would like to counter your point that you initially said about that we 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 had all this new things we had we had all this new music thrown at us. I think it's the same for kids nowadays, except it's just a lot quicker. Because exactly. you have the sound, you have the SoundCloud rappers, you have the you have SoundCloud, you have all the different music forms that we're not partake. The three of us are not listening to. We don't. We're not. I'm not at least. I don't think you're not listening to SoundCloud. I don't think you're listening to SoundCloud. No. Actively listen to it. There's another one out there. Uh, the uh, I can't think of what it's called. It'll come to me. There's another one out there that ba- a Bandcamp. That's it. Bandcamp. Yeah, I've heard. You know, that. I'm not listening to Bandcamp either. But there, people are releasing things. At their fingertips daily, and I'm not going out there, and I'm not exposing myself to it, uh, and it's uh, trying to get past that, right? Trying to find that somebody who's interested enough, and this is weird admitting that somebody who's interested enough anymore to go out and listen to all of that and find oh, yeah. the time to do that. I can't even find the time to do half the stuff I want to do today. I can't imagine like, at kids, it's a word of mouth. Uh, hey, listen, go listen to this new person I heard on SoundCloud. Right? I don't have anybody coming to me and saying, go on SoundCloud. If I was to go to SoundCloud today, it would be go to go to electronic music because that's where a lot mm-hmm. of electronic artists are at. But even like Bandcamp, like a couple of other people that we, uh, me and my wife follow, uh, they release stuff on Bandcamp. I wouldn't have even known about Bandcamp if it wasn't for Jim Dalton from the, the Peacemakers and from the Railbenders here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think we're, it's almost to our detriment yeah. that we don't get that anymore. We don't have that ability anymore to, we do, if we wanted to spend five hours a day searching. I mean, I know you don't. <laughs> you, you search, I, you do. I actually right? do. You yeah. search music, right? So yeah. you're out there, you're actively keeping that passion up. But I know for a fact that I'm not. And I don't know if Jack No, I would, I would tend to agree with you. I don't, I don't actively search it out as much as I probably could. Like you said, I, you know, I have different priorities now. It was not part of, it's not part of my job anymore. Yeah. And I, I, do, I do fall in those patterns of what I listen to. Um, I listen to, I'm lucky enough to be able to listen to music at work, which is kind of nice. And there's actually several of us in the same area, and I get exposed to my, what my friend is listening to a couple desks down, right. and we start talking music, and he's like, well, do you mm-hmm. ever heard of this? And I'm like, and those are I, the best conversations. Right, and, I, and I love things like that, too, because yeah. that's how I found I was word of mouth, or I like to think I'm at least up on what's going on in the media. You know, like if it's on the yeah. news or on the radio or on the internet, I see who's this new artist and this, you know, things are, hey, this guy and that person, whatever, this band, you know. So I, and I check out some things. I'm not nearly as curious as I used to be, partially because, well, it's partially because I don't like a lot of what I'm hearing. What? Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> agreeing with you. I'm yeah. agreeing with you. I'm mean, not saying that that's the point I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like half the stuff that's come out. Right, right. and I don't want to be one of those old, those old men. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to be my parents. There's no right. good music now. It was only, right. only when I was a kid, because there are some, there's some. And I always, the, the, I made the same point in our previous uh, episode with John, that I, I like uh, Post Malone. Who's one of the you know, one of the artists? If you yeah. were, if people who know me personally go, wow, you like Post Malone? Yeah, he's very talented. Yeah. Exactly, but I mean, it's just a point of me. Sometimes I hear something I wouldn't even think I like, I would like, and I wind up liking. Right. Or know? another artist turns you on to them because they collaborate, or or they're opening up for them, or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Is like. I have so many different people that like music and everybody that knows me and knows I love music. So I'm always getting people like, hey, you should check this out. You should check this out and check out. And so what I do to stay true to my word is like, okay, who is it? I'll punch it in 
and I'll download the top three tracks that they have and I'll put it in my in my music and then when I have things on shuffle and library and it pops up I go Who, who's this you know and I right. and then I go I finally got to check them out you know when I'm taking a walk or a hike or when it's playing in my car or when I'm driving when I'm on shuffle and I like when I get turned on to things that you know I'm like I had no idea about this and somebody turned me on about it I, I guess what, of, okay go ahead no 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 you go ahead <laughs> no I was going to say one of the newer bands that I've heard recently it has one of the it's a it's a crazy name, but they're actually not a bad band. They're called Celestial Wizard, mm-hmm. and they just yeah. recently put out something. Um, they, I think they have a new album that just dropped, or something that just got caught picked up by the streamers and stuff. Because of somebody I know, it's a friend of a friend's band kind of thing. If so I listen to a couple tracks, and it's actually it's pretty good. It's typical, um, like you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Swords and Sorcery, yeah. metal esque, cool. yeah. you know, kind of they're like you know, almost almost like Man of War had their kind of genre, okay. kind of like somewhere between that Viking rock stuff. But it's actually pretty good. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where you like you see the name, and you're like, I don't know, and you start listening to them, like, oh, and they're pretty darn good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing now too is that there's so many different categories for music, you know, like right. even for that one genre, there's like. A subcategory, oh, yeah. another category. Has either one of you seen the documentary on metal? The guy who did the metal years, or not, uh-huh. not the metal years. Um, Murder I think it was just called Metal, uh, a Headbanger's Journey. He's the same guy who did a couple other. He's he's a doc. He's a metalhead himself, but he can do a couple other documentaries, mm-hmm. and it's a great thing because he breaks down through this whole. It's a documentary series, a docu series yeah. of all the different genres of death metal and goth metal, and you know, and, and what's the what's the other stuff that the. Uh, yeah. Now, all the years, like the, the church burning metal people and all those, <laughs> you know, and hair <laughs> metal and all that, you know, just the different, you know, and how things are subgenres of other genres. And it was, and even he found it humorous because in the end, it's all just music like we're talking about yeah. right here. I'm not a big fan of certain musics, but overall, I like it. So it's like, and, you know, and I've always said that, right? If it brings somebody joy and happiness and makes their life better, yeah, to their own. I mean, teach their own, you know. Exactly. It, it may not be my bag, but you know what? I love that you love it because it's making you happy, you know, you know, and it, and it drives something in you to, to, to make what you happy I, in life, you know. I, <laughs> Jeremy knows this. We've seen them twice together, at least twice together. There's a band out there. Death Clock. No, no. We love Death Clock, but that's not, you know. Go, go, Bordello. Oh, go, go. They put on a good show, and they're a fun band. They're a gypsy rock band yes. for those out there who yeah. don't know, never heard of them. And they're not bad, but it's kind of like, no one's really, they're not really well known. But yet we've seen them twice opening for big names, System and for um, Faith No More. Which I made a note to talk about them. But Google Bordello or Faith No More? Faith No More, because you you mentioned Public Enemy and, you know, Run EMC and everything. People don't realize that Faith No More, and Mike Patton for that matter, if it wasn't for that band and for him, they helped produce so many different genres of music. I mean, if you really want to go back and say, you know, like their influence helped create you know hey I can do this right this is my sound I, I, I love this this is my thing Mike Patton's got like how many bands four or five bands you know at least yeah and yeah. different kinds of styles and genres True. and so there's these artists that finally are now getting their recognition and kudos for something you know back in the day they created that has turned into a whole different genre of popular music that's out there well, look at if you can go you can go right back to you can say that about them but you can also say the same thing about the Beastie Boys, when they put mm-hmm. out Paul's, uh, Paul's Boutique, right? That was a very different style of rap at that yes. time. And within a few years, like everything albums. everything sounded like that. Yeah. It was Dust it Brothers. was so forward forward thinking. Mm-hmm. People went, "What the heck is this?" And it was a pretty. It, it did pretty well. Now, granted, it wasn't their best selling album. No, but it, it was different. 
It's and an album that stands up to this day that was not a commercial success. True. Yeah, that it's considered one of the best production albums in in the history of like music. I mean, you look through the like the, like the a lot of critics and and pop and, and people's influence with music. That album's up there because the Dust Brothers who helped produce that album, who went on to help Beck and a bunch of other artists, was one of those. Hey, let's see what we can do here in the studio and mix our sound. You don't have to be like this kind of music, this kind of rock, this kind of pop, this kind of rap. It's like, no, let's take everything and mix it in a blender and see what happens. And that's not easy to do and be good at it. <laughs> right. Oh, well, that's true. Well, then, and while I'm be successful, well, at least they'd be commercially successful because even, yeah. like you just said, it wasn't one of their best selling albums, but it was kind of different for its time. And then within a few years, it's funny how you go back and you can point to that album as the touchstone to the sound within a few years later. Exactly. Other people were copying influenced, that style yep. or influenced by it. I think that's mm -hmm. the best way to put it. Who was the band we saw open up for um, Pussifer? Was it uh, Moody Black? Was it Moody Black? Bla the Moody, yeah, I think it was Moody. Well, Black. my point about Gogo Bordello before I, before we move on though, uh -huh. is, that, is that they're they're not very well known. They're not. It's not a style that's big. It's gypsy rock, but yet these guys are continually opening. They they have a touring life opening for big name bands and it's just amazing how you can sustain yourself because I, I don't know I don't know how these guys have a living doing it but they do and, and obviously they have a big enough following that you yeah. know, they, or at least within the community within the music community because especially to open up for such a diverse two different times we saw them the first time we saw them they opened up for System of a Down the next time we saw them a few years later was opening up for um, I said for uh, Faith No More at uh, Red Rock so it's like and it's the same show. The guy still, you know, the singer still dances around halfway through with a bottle of wine in his hand, and yeah. you know, and uh, this is, and it's, it's amazing to me. I don't, I'm not trying to knock those guys because they're actually pretty fun. It's, yeah, it works. You're both times. You know? Huh? Both times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you listen to noise? To noise? No. Noise. You, you, I listen to noise. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, no. Obviously, it, 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 noise is. If you listen to noise, you know what it was. It, it equates to noise. It is an actual band name. Noise. No, no, oh. it's an actual style. It's, it's an genre of music. Oh, that's, no, what, okay. that's what that's okay. what was. Okay, it was noise. The uh, the music in the background. Imagine imagine ministry. Okay, because you're wearing a ministry yes. shirt. But imagine ministry uh, psychotic. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't want to play like it. A hip -hop style yeah, to it. yeah. So I don't. I would play you some noise so you could understand what it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, the band that opened the Professor Moody Black, they're a noise band, but they've got a she raps. She's a, it's, it's rap. I don't even, I'm, if there's any moody black fans out there, I'm sorry, don't tell me. Um, like, um, <laughs> don't, don't start an email campaign. Yeah, like, like it's, it's noise and, and, and noise like um, rap metal, not rap metal, that's not the right word, but she raps. And it's, 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 you wouldn't think it fits together. Imagine if you took Mike Patton, okay, because he's got such a vocal range, and you threw it up against some really, really fast ministry. And Mike was rapping. Can can, can you imagine that? I, yeah. I, I give it. I, it, right. no, it blew I, us away. Yeah, both I, of us were just like because they had visuals in the background yeah. too like it was, to go along with it, was, like art. You know, it almost. was like it was like watching ministry. The, the first thing we said to each other is, is this is like a, a ministry on speed almost, yeah. right? Like like uh, if they could, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it like it was very like. It was like just really cool. It was something different because then you yes. go from that to like Pussifer, who's also like an art rock, you know, band. And I, I, I can't speak to Pussifer because it's not uh, not something I not within my wheelhouse. Yeah, it should it, be. 
It really should. I think you'd really appreciate it. If you like anything that deals with art, like a performance art, right? I, I do yeah. to a certain extent, and just you know, but you know, like we're talking about music is an art. Music as a as a as a whole is an art form. Yeah. And art is something different to everybody else. It's in the eye of the beholder kind of thing. Not to get generic, but that's it's the truth. You can look at something, and to some person, that's you know, oh, that's you know, that's trash. Another person, oh, no, that's beautiful. It's you know, it's yeah. in completely how you're from from your perspective, and you know. Some people, I say, you, you can't. That's why you were saying earlier, you can't really dog people for their taste in music because exactly. if, if it brings them joy, you know, yeah. that's fine. And I'm, tr- I try, I, you know, I, I can't say I'm always hundred percent that way because I'll, you know, I'll call people out yeah. on, on their terrible taste in music when it's not really true. They don't have terrible taste. They just don't have my taste in music, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Because here's the thing too: is that there's certain bands you see live, and that's what they're great at is being live. There's certain bands that make great albums, and that's what they're really get great at is making really great albums. And then you have collaborators, people that work together and make really great collaborations. And then you have like anything that can mix up and all that stuff. And then sometimes you get lucky with that. You get somebody's great on album and great live. It doesn't matter what kind of genre it is and the kind of style it is. It's hard to do everything. Great live, but I think that comes studio. back to what we, you know, the, well, the original topic we kind of, you know, began this this uh, episode on was where we're at listening to music. We know that you are very wide open to that, and how Jeremy and I not necessarily aren't wide open, but we don't take the time to go digging in. And even when we start digging in, and this is going to lead back, lead lead right into the live stuff that I wanted to talk about anyway, yeah. was that there's a lot of artists out there who approach music differently than they did in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s and 90s, yeah. where there were more more musicianship. We've gotten, we're, I think we've come to the age of the producer now. Not that the producers weren't important, you know, the Phil Spector's in the older days and the Dust Brothers mm-hmm. and other people who are good in the studio, right? George now, Martin. Well, yeah, George Martin, he made the Beatles sound, but that was also a collaborative effort with the band. Yes. Now we're to the point where we have these producers who create artists, yeah. Right? You know, all these, you know, the... Like Billy Eilish's brother. Exactly. Great example. Exactly. If it wasn't for him, maybe she wouldn't be as big as she is, as talented as she is. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's kind of like that. A lot of these put-together bands, these, you know, the, now the K-pop, it was the, you know, it was back mm-hmm. in the, the Osmonds and the Beatles and everything else, the boy bands of the, of the 80s. Yeah. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet, exactly. These, these put-together bands were kind of there with the... All these pop artists were kind of... They're good artists as a as a studio genre, and that's what I mean. What my question has been: There's two questions I always had that people have a hard time answering. The first one's always been for a long time: Where is this generation's Nirvana? When Nirvana hit back in, no, we've had that we've discussion. Had this conversation. Yes, we've had this conversation. Where is it? Because there hasn't been, been, hasn't been one. There hasn't been one exactly. They were the last one to take the music industry and turn it slightly sideways yeah. and open up and open up a whole new genre, open yeah. up the the world to a new genre that you know maybe exists. But they hit like an atom bomb. Elvis in the fifties did that. Yeah. You know some of the singers, the Beatles did it when they with the British Invasion. Those kind of things. These these genre changing artists. There hasn't been one since. Why? Why haven't there? Because it's so, in my opinion, it's, it's multiple things, okay? One, everything's so eclectic now. It's just so, it's just That's so... That's true. I mean, there's uh, always been... Everything's cross-pollinated. Don't tell me you cannot find, you know, a bluegrass hip-hop band out there. Oh, well, they're okay. out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're, what I'm getting at with that is that 
nothing is off the table anymore. You know, whether it comes to who you are as a person producing that music. But I'm talking about, not, not that they're not out there, because they're always out there, but it's a matter of popularity, because when Smells Like Teen Spirit hit the radio, yeah. boom. It was, like I said, it was you can feel yes. repercussions for years on. And, it and, takes, and there has not been another band like that. It so takes a it's big... Dis- it's disappointing. It takes a big movement, though, to do that, too. True. I mean, look at... We were going to bring this up at some point in this conversation. I'm just going to go right and dive into it right now. I didn't think Rage was going to get back together because of Zach. I am so happy that Zach stepped up and Rage is back doing shows again because now more than ever, I feel like they need to be out there. I'm disappointed that they weren't around before four years ago yeah. when, we, when we needed a band like Rage Against the Machine to, you know, to really kind of speak for some of the people who won't speak for themselves. Yeah, you know, that's what they did. That's, that was the best thing they did. They were they were a political band that. I don't want to say they weren't too political, but no, they were. They put they wore their politics on their sleeve yeah. unabashedly, and they still do. So I'm curious to see if they create new music, yeah. what they'll have to say. It's like System of a Down, you know. For well, I can't wait for those guys to get back. Yeah, yeah. I miss System of a Down. I think we're too apathetic as a society, or as a society. Just the three of us. <laughs> well, there's a whole. I mean, we're, right now we're a society. There are three of us in a room. We're a society, right? I, think, I think that, and I, I'm almost almost on the same thought process on Rage as you were with Pussifer. Okay, uh, I've never been a huge fan of them. I do appreciate them for what they do. Um, I think that that they were probably ten years to your point, maybe fifteen years, a little bit too early for that particular political aggression. Okay, because back then they were there. I think if they, if, they, if they were to be impactful, I get, no, I get what you're. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I, do, I think that if they would have come out ten years ago, they would have been ten times more impactful than they were coming out almost thirty years ago. Right. Right. Um, that being said, I think if they were to release some groundbreaking album today, I don't think that anybody cares. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And that's yeah. the apathy. It, it have to be. It have right. to be. Very controversial. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And but even then, it wouldn't be the politicalness behind the. It would be the controversy. Yeah. It would be the controversy exactly. behind it. And that's a, that's it's very shameful to me. That's very. And that's the thing. I think you're kind of getting at with Nirvana is that there isn't anything so political and controversial that it can be brought out there right now where everybody just stops what they're doing and goes, pay attention to this. Right. right. And that's because everybody wants the attention. And well, everybody that's, wants that's, to be controversial. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. Yeah. You now, have to. You the have other question to. is that, you know, you're right about that. But the other question is, you know, I keep right? <laughs> pointing towards is live, uh, the live album, right? Now, maybe I'm a little older than both of you. Not by much, but a few years older. And live albums were very important during my musical upbringing. Yeah. You know, um, the, the couple touchstones were like, Phantom Comes Alive. Frampton was a member of you know Humble Pie and you know and other things and he was a, a pretty fairly well known artist. But once he put Frampton Comes Alive, which is the live album, like the, the joke the joke in Wayne's World, yeah, you know, it was standard issue among suburban teenagers in the seventies. Yeah. And he's almost right. He was you know he's making a joke, but he's, he's right. But then you had like Ted Nugent's Double Live Gonzo, so kind of the same era, mm-hmm. huge album. These live albums that were. Um, Kiss for Kisses Alive One and Alive I Two have that were, now, were monstrous. Were, were just yeah. these great out. Now live albums almost are non-existent. Yeah. You get some live. It's because of it's because you know? of YouTube. It's because of because I mean, you can get what you want and get it when you want, 
and it's right there. I agree with to that. where to sit down and listen right. to a whole album, right. you really have to love that band in order right. to do it. Or it has to be you have to have ten songs that are good. Every every yeah. single song. Has a and like I was telling you on the drive here, the only band that really that is on that bucket list for me to see that if you get a chance is. Um, I can't think of the studio, or sorry, the the theater it's at, but it's uh, it was the Killers Live, and it was in Europe. It was a it wasn't Wembley, it was uh, Webster Hall. Right. Um, and if you get a chance, their final song is uh, "When We Were Young." It's emotional, dude. It's like I'm serious. Like you get a chance, watch it. Um, you can YouTube it. It's the ending song. The whole audience is just moving. And they're singing every fucking lyric to where you can, like, I love it when, like, a, the audience loves the song so much that everybody's singing it and the singer's loving it, too. He's just, he's like, I can't even sing this because you guys are carrying the the, the, the sound of that song louder than I can sing it, you that's know? That's the same, with, in, uh, that's one of the famous, um, I can't remember, maybe it was Pack Up the Plantation, one of the Petty, one of the live Petty albums. Maybe mm-hmm. I got the title wrong, but um, when he does Breakdown. Mm-hmm. The band, the, the, you know, the, they play on the radio quite often, actually, where the, the song starts and the, 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 the crowd sings it. Yeah. They sing the entire first verse. He doesn't say a word unless the, enti- the, the, the crowd's in the entire ver- and first verse. And they're smiling from And he's, and he's like, you're going to put me out of a job. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like for them to know his music, you know, well enough. And I've had that, I've been lucky enough to have that moment with bands, especially yeah. in some of the younger bands. Um that I was fans of, I got to see in small venues. I'm singing their lyrics back and they're looking at me like, who is this nut job who knows our <laughs> lyrics? We don't even on the radio and this guy knows all of our songs, you know? And so yeah. That was kind of fun. Cause I mean, obviously working in retail, we have the opportunity to meet these people yes. and it was fun to have those moments. But I don't know. It's like, well, you know, look at, we were listening to live pro jam on the way here. And I was just going to say, that's yeah. the only time or every show I've been to, like I've been to shows and people sing along with the hits. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've been to their shows. Every song from the beginning of that show to the end of the show, everybody's singing it. And you got people from Australia and Europe and, and, and Japan. I'm serious. Like, around you. And I, because I, I, I'm in the fan club session usually when I go to these shows. And I'm talking to people. Hey, where are you from? And I get used to just thinking about it right now. Because it's like, this band impacts, impacts so many people that it draws people from other countries to come see them. At venues, so they're across also, the they're world. also one of the few bands you know talking about this subject that do live music stuff, still do live albums. Dave Matthews still does a lot of live yeah, like the Dead, and, you yeah. know, um, where they release them all. Well, you know, and there's other seminal bands who who, who put on the map because of their live music. Like, mm-hmm. um, well, Rush had several live albums, but two of theirs were huge. You know, the All the World's a Stage, the first time I ever heard yes. Rush. And, you know, got introduced to Neil Peart, who's, you know, come on, arguably, if not, you know, it's, I think it's, what, the yeah. greatest drummer ever? We had this conversation. What, of Neil Peart? Actually, somebody was actually arguing with me, like, who was the other art drummer? Like, every, Neil Peart, they're like, Neil Peart gets it all the time, but they don't look at so-and-so. There's like, plenty of the great, don't get me yeah, wrong, there's yeah. plenty of the great, you know, even some artists or some drummers who aren't very well known that are probably close to or on par. Yeah. But even he said that, even Peart himself said that, um... He he didn't feel he was the greatest drummer himself, yeah. but I mean, come on, come on, really? I mean, how can you deny that guy? He, you know, yes. From you know that and the fact that he was a, a fantastic lyricist as well. I mean, so that maybe that doesn't play in his drum playing, but he was the greatest. 
you know, there's uh, Barry Moore Barlow, old, you know, another somebody who played yeah. with, you know, another great drummer. Look at some of the drummers that uh, Yes has had, and um, hey, what's his name? The guy we talked about, uh, Dave Matthews. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but he's uh, Carter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Carter yeah. Bruford, yeah. great, great drummer. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's. Don't get me wrong. There's other fantastic artists. Yeah. Um, to jump real quick, but it made me think of this is that the Rolling Stone just put out the, the list of the top 100 vocalists. Uh-huh. And I was disappointed, of course, which, I mean, lists are... What are you going to do right. about that, right? Cornell had to be in the top 10. Uh, no, he was not. And wow. Freddie Mercury came in at 18, I think it was. Wow. And um, he was rated lower than Mick Jagger. Now, I'm not going to dilute Mick Jagger's importance in music or the Rolling Stones. And you can vocal. recognize his voice the minute you hear it. I exactly. Get it. But yeah. if you want to talk quality of vocals, I'm sorry, Mick Jagger couldn't hold a candle with Freddie Mercury. I'm yeah. sorry, it's just not not even the yeah. same. Jimmy even, Page was in the top, or not Jimmy Page, but Robert Plant was in the Robert top. Robert Page, well, I can't remember what the top ten Robert, were, but yeah. it, it was mostly R and B artists, which you know, like Stevie Wonder, and I think the I can't remember who the number one was. Marvin Gaye. Uh, yeah, and that, and then and the like, which is yeah. which is fine. Yeah. But when I I had to stop reading it at that point because I'm like, you know, this is going to be. But see, the know, thing about it is those two is that you have to understand that. That's your view, and that's what's so hard is that when I read those top hundred albums, Rolling Stone, I read through who all the critics are, and it's everybody across the board. It's just not one kind of style of music. Right. So, but I, I can think, take I appreciation. And they were they were taking the Rolling Stones as a whole's musical importance as opposed to just the vocal. Like you yeah. said, Chris Cornell is a great. You know, that, that comes back to what we're talking about with greatest drummers. Yeah. You know, same kind of thing. You know. It's almost a matter of opinions, just like just like music in general. Yeah, to me, well, that's why I had to ask because when I go to greatest vocalists, in my opinion of all time, is Chris Cornell is one of those guys I think is just amazing because he, he was like a page. He was a like few, a, a few years ago. Um, actually, Mike Patton was listed as the the best vocalist out there because of his range. Yes, and yeah, so, and in my opinion, I don't think that. I mean, I think he's a good singer, but I don't think I don't. I would. Yeah. There's many people I prefer. Vocals. He is a vocalist, know? so I think that should be distinguished here. Is like okay, there's a difference between hit, hitting octaves and being able to do different sounds versus the actual singing. So, I mean, there is a big difference there because there is an artiste behind doing different, you know, styles like Patton can do. There's an artiste behind uh, Freddie Mercury and his range. But, you know, to me, it's like I like the, the Plants and the Cornells because they can sing a whole song and go high and low, you know, in that actual song. And still keep you interested in that song, and not just be make it because it's just an art piece of art, you know. Have you heard Mondo Kane? I you sent that to me, didn't you? Know. It's all in Italian. I think you. I think we discussed this. I think yeah. we talked about this. You didn't listen to this. Go listen to this. Mm-hmm. Give it a couple of listens, and then rethink your opinion about about. I, I'm not trying to. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I want to be clear though. I'm, I, I'm. I'm not knocking Mike Patton as a vocalist. Right. I, I just think that there's other. Vocalists, let's say I enjoy, or I th- I think are better. Now, once again, it comes back down to opinion. Right. Uh, that I would put ahead of him as far as even though, um, if you want to go technicality, maybe mm-hmm. even you know, out of technically, because you can say the same thing about a Mariah Carey who has a, you know a seven octave yeah. range or whatever, mm-hmm. or some of these opera singers who can do those things. Right. But, you know, like Serge. I mean, Serge from. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he can do amazing things, too. That's something we'll, that'll be something for another podcast. Okay, real quick, I read an article today yeah. uh, talking about a System of a Down that Neil, or Noel Gallagher of, uh, infamously of uh, Oasis uh, said that they were the worst band he ever heard. 
And I well, had, I, had, I think he, he says like things anything. just. I had, well, I, had, I, had I had the laugh. I had the laugh, and I actually put the I put it in in on you know comment on Facebook that. Uh, I don't think too much of that because I am a system fan. Mm-hmm. For one, I like the band as a whole. I think they're, they're really good. They're very innovative and important. Yeah. Uh, where Oasis is not. Oasis was. Well, uh, and this you know, is where I argue with you. I know. I think Oasis <laughs> was over has-beens that never were. They they had faltered under their own arrogance and gravitas. They had a good debut. They had an excellent second album, and then they disappeared. And they were just another Britpop band, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And you know, for him, and yeah. for him to start arguing with Damon, uh, Damon Albarn, you understand thing about the Gallagher you know? brothers? They're gonna find a way to argue about anything. They like to fucking. They're controversial. That's fine, but they, they, they and it's fine if you want to be that yeah. way. But they yeah. didn't back it up, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Just like you can be a shit talker all you want, but you better be able to back up, back up your. Claims. Well, I might as well get out of the way then, Jack, because <laughs> one of my top albums is Familiar to Millions, which is an Oasis live album. And that was when that was at their peak, though. That was when they were like huge, exactly. And they were selling out stadiums and so on and so forth. And you can hear it in that live album when every person in Wembley is singing along with them, you know. So I do have European listeners, so I probably will get some kind of <laughs> comment back from that. And that's but, fine. You, yeah, <laughs> bring it on because, like we said, it's all a matter of opinion. You yeah. can love them all you want, and I I don't dislike Oasis either. What's the story, Morning Glory? I love that album. I think that's yeah. a fantastic album. Yeah. But for them to continue, or you know, to continue to think that they have any kind of impact today, is a little yeah. arrogant for them because there have been other bands that have come along that are just have been just as influential as they were during. And I got to see them live, and they put on an awesome live show. But just like the Robinson Brothers, you know, I don't think the Oasis Brothers will make up anytime soon. <laughs> Robinson, obviously, brothers did, and now they're touring, selling out shows. Which that was one of the shows I wanted to see this summer because they're doing the entire Shake Your Money Maker album. There's, I think they're playing Red Rocks this month or next month. That would be. I would love to see them again. I saw them back in the day, and they were a fantastic live uh, band as well. Speaking of live acts, bands that can actually yeah. play live. Still. I've seen them three or four we times. All, we were all through that show. Like the one you saw, we saw them open up for Lenny Kravitz. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Now the whole show was great. Actually, yeah, was everybody great on show. there was yeah. good. Well, there you go, folks. That's the first part of our conversation with. Mr. Jack Miller and Mr. Jeremy McCree. We definitely don't see eye to eye on everything when it comes to music, but we definitely have a love and taste for it, and I'm sure that with all our different tastes and styles, there is some of you out there that agree and disagree with some of our views. So uh, that's just the first part of a three-parter conversation that's going on. You should hear the next one in the next following week. Meanwhile, if you'd like to get a hold of me, Please get a hold of me through MusicMadeSeeds at Facebook.com. You can also get a hold of me at my TikTok handle at JohnnyComeLately at TikTok. And you can also get a hold of me through email at OZOMAT87 at gmail.com. That is OZOMATFAN87 at gmail.com. There will eventually be an episode where I talk about OZOMATLY. And I'm hoping to get to see them a little soon here again. Meanwhile, if you uh, wouldn't mind, please hit subscribe at the end of this podcast. If you like this episode, please hit like at the end of it. And uh, I'd like to get a rating if you can by hitting the rating button. Again, thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your summer, what's left of it. I hope you've been able to see a lot of great music out there. I still have quite a bit of shows to go to. Looking forward to seeing the killers here within next week. Nine Inch Nails, 
and Pearl Jam. If you have any thoughts or input on any of that, or would love to talk about your music, please reach out to me. Until next time, folks, thank you for listening, and please do your best to take care of each other out there. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.